pain. It's something we've all experienced. And when we think about managing pain, medication is the go-to. But what about alternatives? I'm your host, Valerie Borgman. And a few years ago, I had a DVT blood clot. And that meant I needed a blood thinner, which meant warfarin. And that involved giving myself injections three times a day for a week. And needles are my kryptonite. It was extremely painful. So who got me through it? Pink. (laughs) Yes, as in singer-songwriter. Her music kept me from focusing on the pain and got me through that really tough week. Today, I'm so excited to welcome music therapist Hannah Pyatt, because we're talking about music for pain management. I was seeing one of my clients one-on-one, and she is generally nonverbal, but I could tell when I got there that she was very uncomfortable. Her face was kind of grimaced. I played one of her favorite songs, and... I tried to match the rhythm of her breathing, and then I tried to kind of guide that down. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our Doable Tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. I am so excited about the pain management. Like what made you even look into that? How did you get started with using music therapy for pain management? Well, it's one of the things that we're taught in school, going through music therapy on the different ways and the different settings that you can use. And a lot of times in hospice or in medical settings, pain management is one of the ways that you use music. Because the really cool part about music, and Alexis did mention this on her episode about music therapy and caregiving. One of the cool things about music is that it affects all the parts of the brain. So if you were to take a brain scan of somebody while they were listening to music or making music. In fact, people have done that. (laughs) They have done that before. You would see all the parts of the brain light up. Wow. So it's because there are a lot of factors that could be affecting somebody's pain. It's not just the physical aspects of it. It could be sensory. It could be emotional. It could be cognitive. And because music affects those different parts of the brain, it's really unique and ideal for addressing those. I love that. And I think that a lot of times we hear so much about music therapy with Alzheimer's that I really hadn't heard a lot about music therapy for pain. And I mean, I know that I feel better when I listen to my favorite song, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, And, and there are definitely songs that just get me moving and, and music, I think we've always known affects us emotionally, like on some level, but to actually use it in a targeted way Mm -hmm. for managing pain, I just had not even thought about. So what does that look like when you're working with someone? So if I'm working with somebody who is dealing with pain, I want to know what's the underlying factor that might be intensifying the pain. So maybe they are, maybe they're having anxiety. And we know that anxiety, you release those stress hormones that makes the pain worse. 
And so I might do some music assisted relaxation with some preferred music that they like and release those endorphins, which are our bodies, you know, natural pain fighters. The good stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> or maybe it's procedural. Maybe somebody is, ha- and I have a story about that. If somebody is getting a procedure done, like getting an IV or something like that, you could use the relaxation to like slow down heart rate, or you could do, if it's possible, you can do engaging in making music or singing as a distraction because it's hard for your brain to focus on both of those things, focus on the pain and the music at the same time. That's interesting. Yeah. So you're kind of tricking your brain by singing. Yeah, absolutely. I never thought of it that way. Isn't that cool? <laughs> That's very cool. <laughs> so when I was an intern, I worked with hospice patients. And one of the facilities I went to, there was this gentleman and I saw him every week and he didn't really have any family that was living. He didn't have anybody that really visited him. So he and I really built a rapport because I was one of the people who visited him on a consistent basis and, you know, got to know the music that he liked. We'd sing and participate in music together. And he had to go get a procedure done, a sur- like a minor surgical procedure. And he asked if I would come. And so I, you know, I got permission from my director and from the hospice agency and I was able to go with him to the pre-surgery. You know, he was very afraid of needles. Me too. He really <laughs> Yes, that. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to go with him to pre-surgery. And as soon as he started getting that IV, I played one of his favorite songs and it was a slower song. It was, it was relaxing and I sang along with it. And you could actually see his heart rate lowering on the monitor, which was really cool because that was like a quantitative example of music being effective for pain management. Wow. That's so cool. And of course the emotional aspect of it too, of therapeutic relationship. That's so cool. And I think I, oh yes, I have the fear of needles as well. (laughs) And you're not, there was no, (laughs) and I, you know, I was lucky enough that I just thought of playing some of my favorite music, which may have been pink, to get me through <laughs> that injection, right? So, and, and it worked. Like it just helped me to do that. And and then I had another instance where I had to have a biopsy. Everything's fine. <laughs> but in that experience, you know, I brought my headphones and I had put together a relaxing playlist. But I think there are probably people that just wouldn't even think of it. Yeah. And and I love your example of hospice. I actually worked in a memory care community for years. And I remember there was this one daughter and she would come in and she'd have her playlist and she would listen, you know, put one headphone in with her mom and then they would listen to this playlist together. What are some of the strategies? Of course, it's ideally, if you're pursuing music therapy for pain management, you want to seek a licensed therapist to do that. But are there some tips that family members can use with their loved ones who are on hospice or going through pain? Yes, I would say, well, what you did was something that somebody could do was to provide that music, if it's possible to provide that music through headphones during a procedure, or if you're able, hold their hand and sing to them or sing with them. I love that. Yeah. 
because not only is that providing like the physical touch and the emotional support, you're also providing that music part. And, and so where do you start though? Like, Mm -hmm. I guess it's important to know what type of music you respond to. Yes. So the research actually shows that client preferred live music is the most effective. And that's going to look different across the board. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, granted, you know, if you're doing music assistive relaxation, maybe you don't want to come in and play something really high intensity, but generally client preferred live music is going to be the most effective. And so that's something that everyone can do. Yeah. They can put together a playlist and I actually have several playlists, like depending on my mood, <laughs> you know, and, and like you're saying, you have that hard, that maybe more upbeat music mm-hmm. is not going to be the best. If you're trying to relax, that's going to be the best if you're cleaning the house. Right. <laughs> so, so sort of matching what it is that you're trying to do. If you're feeling anxious, what are the songs that you respond to that make you feel better Mm -hmm. or more relaxed? Is there some sort of correlation between music therapy and meditation? Yes. So there is music and guided imagery. So you would need to be certified to practice that. I'm not certified, but you do have music and guided imagery for sure. So there's actually something that combines, that's what you're saying, that Mm -hmm. combines meditation and music therapy. Yes. Okay. Okay. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking like, because with music therapy, that is singing with your therapist and, Mm -hmm. and even like those positive affirmations, like singing those. And that's what made me think of meditation, that it's so similar. It is. You can, you know, you can sing affirmations, you can play them even on a drum and chant them together. And that could affect your heartbeat. So I have another example that was more recent. I was seeing one of my clients in the senior living facility one-on-one, and she is generally nonverbal, but I could tell when I got there that she was having a hard time. She was very uncomfortable. She kept trying to move and shift her body and she wasn't quite able to shift it in a way that was making her comfortable. Her face was kind of grimace. She was moaning a little bit. And so at first, like I, I told the nurse that she was uncomfortable and asked if there was anything they do. She was like, yeah, we just gave her some pain medication. It's going to take a minute. And so what I did was I played one of her favorite songs, which was Wonderful World. And I tried to match the rhythm of her breathing. And then I tried to kind of guide that down so that we could have steady breaths, slow down our heart rate, concentrate more on breathing. I mean, that is sort of meditative as well. I think so you're intentionally thinking about your heart rate. You're intentionally slowing down your breathing. I love this. And I love that you brought up medication. Yeah. (laughs) Because we, we actually had Jonathan Gerson, who's a a therapist, and he was sort of talking a little bit about the non-traditional kind of therapies because we, as a society, (laughs) I feel like we are very stuck in medication mode. And there's actually a great book that we've referenced on the show before too, The Body Keeps the Score. and. I love that we're talking about this because I think it would be seen as a non-traditional 
type of therapy. I think people still think of meditation as non-traditional. And yet these are things that have been used for centuries (laughs) (laughs) as ways of providing de-stressing and anti-anxiety and pain management. And so I just, I love this. And I also do love that it is something that in a small way you can start on your own just by like figuring out what you like and what works for you and, and playing that music. And just sometimes for me, I'm not, I guess I'm not a traditionally musically inclined person. I'm not the person that just instinctively goes to the music. I have to think about it. I have to go, oh, wait a minute. You know what? I should play some music here. <laughs> this, would be, this would be a good thing. I mean, I, I sing all the time. I never know the words to all the songs. But, <laughs> so, but yeah, so I think it's so great to think about this in an intentional way. Mm-hmm. And that's also the great thing about music therapy participating in it is you don't have to have any musical background or skill. And, you know, our bodies are innately musical. If you think about our heartbeat, my friend Kat Fulton, she's a music therapist. She runs um, continuing education courses for us a lot, but she always says that. She's like, think about your heartbeat. Think about the rhythm. She's like, you are innately rhythmic. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. (laughs) So you don't have to know how to make music or, or be a skilled musician at all to participate and engage in music therapy. So what would be your number one tip for families who either want to incorporate this for themselves or for their loved one? I think the playlist is a good idea. You know, if you're going in for a procedure or you can anticipate, you know, I'm I'm going to be feeling pain, you know, throughout the day through this day, incorporating a playlist. But also if you're able to be with your loved one and hold their hand and sing with them, hold their hand if they, if they want it. Obviously some people don't like physical touch, but if you believe that the physical touch will provide them comfort, hold their hand and sing with them, sing to them or with them. Today's episode is brought to you by Chords of Compassion offering therapeutic music programming for older adults in nursing homes and assisted living facilities in Northeast Ohio, as well as individual music therapy sessions for all ages. With compassion and respect, empowering clients and promoting meaningful connections through positive music-making experiences, Chords of Compassion is dedicated to improving and enhancing lives through music therapy. Find more information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.